Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. Hey, just the this episode has been brought to you by the Afterlight Institute. Afterlight Institute is a community of light magic and miracles with seeking to expand their spiritual profession and their inner wisdom on the road to illumination. And feel ready to share this wisdom with offering online courses. The Afterlight Institute wants to work with you. If you want to create a very own online course, the Afterlight Institute is safe and efficient marketing. Then you are more than just the Afterlight Institute. All the details can be found at the Afterlight Institute. Of abundance and prosperity. Step into your power by activating your inner gene with Lauren Grace. Register now at theafterlightinstitute.com. Ignite Lauren here and, and welcome to the Afterlight. My guest today is Val. She is a herbalist, a biodynamic gardener, and artist living in Michigan's North Woods on Anisha Bay land. She is the owner of Woodspell Apothecary, where she offers potent plant tonics and herbal goods for those who wish to connect to the plant world and their own body's healing abilities. I've got crazy goosebumps while I'm reading this, so <laughs> just saying. She is also the host of the Healer's Moon podcast, where she explores the many facets of folk healing. Val keeps the values of environmental justice, social justice, and sustainability at the core of her work as she bridges the practical and the magical healing medicine of plants. Her main aspiration within her work is to reveal the truth that we are all indeed living in an enchanted world full of spirit, memory, and wisdom, and that despite the chaos of modern times, there is power in reclaiming the ability to heal ourselves and the land through the natural world. When she is not in her garden or the apothecary, she's usually cuddling with her cats, sipping on tea, and reading a good book. And Val is joining me today to talk about the power of plants, connecting with the natural world, and using nature to help you heal. And we'll see whether or not we also talk about maybe some good reads, but I doubt we'll get to that today. <laughs> Val, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so fascinated to talk to you today. And, um, you know, just just to let our listener at home know, I, I've been doing a lot of work lately and in, in learning a little bit about the elements and, and things like that. So I'm definitely going to be asking you, Val, some questions and related to that. I do want to hear a bit about how your journey into plant medicine started. But before that, if we could go back for a minute, have you always been on a spiritual journey? Have you always been sort of connected to nature more so than others? Oh, always. One. Yeah, 100%. I mean, first and foremost, I am a Scorpio sun and moon and a Pisces rising. So I have a lot of uh, water elements, a lot of deep emotions, a lot of, uh, you know, random deep questions as well. So I always felt that growing up as a child. And on top of that, I always did feel this very strong connection to nature, to the plants, to the land. But where I grew up, it wasn't, you know, being an herbalist, that sort of thing, it really wasn't an option. It never really seemed like that was a career path you could take. So it always felt like there was something just under the surface that I couldn't really just get through to. It wasn't really until I got older to figure that all that out. But yeah, definitely. I, I really searched uh, for a spiritual connection through religion and spirituality because growing up in a more traditional setting, um, religion was really the only channel that you could go down to sort of explore those more spiritual questions. And I had a lot of issues with it, but that's definitely where it all started. Are you religious now, or was that something that you sort of found your way out of and kind of 
what decided to walk your own path? Yeah, it was more of a, a phase for me. It was more of sort of the gateway. I wouldn't necessarily say, I guess it led me to anything, but it was the first place where I was able to explore sort of um, life beyond the physical. I was baptized Lutheran, but I grew up Catholic. And so in my middle school, high school years, I really tried to look into the Bible and learn more about that. But then, you know, I kind of got more questions than answers through that whole sort of channel. So I ended up, you know, once I moved out and went to college and I moved way far away from where I was born and grew up, I was able to have so many more um, channels and exposure to just different ways of connecting to spirit and also eventually leading me to connecting to the land in that way too. So it was, it was a big full circle sort of journey. Are you, the, the term for whatever reason comes to mind is rainbow sheep. You know how a lot of us spiritual people are kind of like the weird one in our family. Is that you <laughs> as well? Or did you kind of grow up in a family that was open to the concept? And, and by the way, not to say that my family is not open to the concept, they are, but I'm definitely the weird one in the family. So I was just wondering whether or not, you know, you had influences growing up that kind of you know, maybe religious influences or people giving you texts or kind of showing you there were these different ways of looking at life? Or did you kind of come about that through your own exploration? Yeah, I would definitely 100% agree with being the rainbow sheep, though at the same time, uh, I think maybe it's part of the Pisces rising in me. I definitely wanted to also fit in and be a part of my family too. So there was a lot of it growing up that, and also being a Scorpio, being more secretive, a lot of that sort of mysterious side of me, I kept just very underneath the surface. It wasn't something I talked about with my family. It was something I really explored on my own. And it really wasn't until I became an herbalist and being more of a, a plant person, a healer in that way, that I started opening up about it more. And social media, those sort of things really helped me to get sort of my voice out there. And with that, I've had, you know, more conversations with my own family about that, though. I totally respect their own sort of views and whatnot. So I don't try to go too deep into it, but they know how I feel. They know how I think. And, you know, they definitely understand where I'm coming from and all of that. But no, I never had anybody to really open me up to that sort of spirituality mm -hmm. sort of realm. It was more something that I had to discover on my own through my own, you know, physical trials and mental trials and just moving around and trying different things that I really started to, uh, I guess, develop into more of a spiritual being. And I'm always developing and growing into that still too. So it's just a constant journey. Mm -hmm. I was listening yesterday to a business podcast and they were talking about sales and this sort of thing. And they were talking about how sometimes it's important to pay homage to those who have gone before. And there are all these trailblazers that have sort of set the tone and kind of paved the path for the people coming after them. And I guess I'm wondering whether or not your journey through herbalism, whether or not you learn from people and their, their impact has sort of affected the way that you do things now how important is tradition, you know, or how important is it to develop your own connection, maybe to take bits and pieces of other people's experiences and their teachings, 
but then to build your own relationship with your spiritual journey and the plant kingdom. Oh, it's, it's so important to do both of those things that you just mentioned. And I also want to add too that I get inspiration, not just from herbalists from, but from people of all walks of life, different career paths, just, I get, you know, Elizabeth Gilbert, who's a wonderful writer. I love her. I was originally an art major. uh, So I have a lot of respect and inspiration. I get inspiration from artists just, you know, here modern artists and you know, classical artists, all of those wonderful things. And also herbalists, you know, we have great herbalists here in the Great Lakes region, like Jim McDonald, who he was really the first one that I had sort of an in-person plant walk, herb walk with. And he actually let me, you know, chew on the bark of a tree, like who chews on the bark of a tree. So being like given that permission to do that and then to taste like the medicine, to taste the flavors and just the effects that plants have on your body. He was that gateway. He he was the one that allowed me to let myself do that. So just, you know, and that started a whole other journey of myself, you know, going into the woods and trying different plants, of course, identifying them correctly. Nobody wants to, (laughs) you know, try any plants that are poisonous or anything like that, but just identifying them correctly and then experiencing them on your own level is so important. So yeah, I find inspiration all over the place and I have great respect for all of the herbalists that have come before and have been so supportive on my journey too. So yeah, it's been great. Beautiful. I do want to talk to you in a few minutes a bit about how you sort of first started to realize the power of nature. You know, maybe we can even talk about some of the work that you do in terms of the concoctions that you make up and some of your flavor, your favorite plants and herbs. But before that, I guess I feel like it's important to kind of discuss whether or not we've kind of lost our way in society in general. I, I know that for myself recently, I moved last year to an acreage and I have this tree on my property and I actually go and hug it. And it's so weird. If anyone (laughs) saw me hugging this tree, they would probably think I was the total freak, but it makes me feel so much better. If I have too much in my head or I'm feeling a bit unsettled when I hug this tree, I just feel a hundred percent better. And I guess my question to you is, you know, do you think people in general have kind of lost touch with the power of nature and how do we find our way back? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's definitely very obvious that there are some major issues in modern society. And I think it's been just a long chain reaction of sort of separating ourselves from nature, starting with uh, church, the church and colonialization and the industrial revolution, which made us into machines and into this very sort of um, step-by-step, you need to do it this way in these rigid sort of forms. Mm -hmm. I think the industrial revolution was a huge turning point um, away from nature. And of course, the whole modern science thing too, is if you can't prove it in a hundred different trials and it can't be true, you know, those sort of things, there's just been a long chain reaction that is sort of pulled us away from this innate wisdom that we hold in our body. Like we, you know, back in the day, plant healers, they used to use, you know, these more scientific proven methods, but they also used 
folk tales and mythology and their own intuition to really give a whole holistic approach to taking care of the body. And so now we've really been reduced to just the physical, just the scientific approach to healing. And so instead, when we take back into account our intuition, our ancestry, our roots, like all of those things. And of course the science too is important. We're learning so many wonderful things because of science, but it needs to be all connected one, one to another. And so I think a really big thing to get back in touch with the land, to get back in touch with, you know, our own paths is to really learn how to develop our intuition because that's just something that nobody values anymore. Like nobody values intuition when we have so many things coming at us from all different directions, whether it be social media or the news, or, you know, just this is the way you need to do this thing. So nobody even really thinks about intuition anymore. And so there are definitely a few ways that you can sort of start to develop your intuition through the earth. Actually, I find working with plants and working with the land is a great way to deepen your intuition. And I think one of the main things is to just be curious, like what interests you? Like, I truly don't believe that anything happens randomly. Like, I think there are signs everywhere that we either are ignoring, passing by, but something catches your curiosity, your attention for a reason. So follow that. If something interests you, like, what, what is it trying to tell you? What lesson is it trying to learn? And more often than not, that'll take you down just a whole rabbit hole into a lesson that, you know, you might not even have known that you needed. So mm -hmm. I think just being curious is really the gateway into developing your intuition. And as you let yourself follow that, you can really start to feel things deeper in your body. At least that's been true for me. And um, also in nature, nature has so many signs everywhere. And of course I live literally in the middle of the forest. So I don't have any neighbors, you know, you can't even see my house from the road. So um, I have a lot of exposure to the animals and the plants around me. So I've begun to actually, if there's an animal that has come to my window time and time and again, I start to wonder like, okay, so this woodpecker has been at my window you know, three times at the start of the new year, like, what does this mean? And a lot of times, you know, the animals will pass by and, you know, I won't think anything of it, but there are certain times I'll get this gut feeling that tells you, okay, this animal's here, this is a sign, or, you know, this plant popped up, this is a sign. And so then I follow that curiosity. Where is it taking me? What is the woodpecker trying to tell me? And a lot of time, I mean, pretty much a hundred percent of the time I've learned lessons from just these little experiences where my curiosity has taken me somewhere and I've just allowed it to sort of take the lead. So yeah, that's a really long explanation to how to get back on, on the right path. And I think it's a huge question, but just on a personal level, I think developing that intuition is, is really key. I think that's such a beautiful answer. And, you know, I, I think sometimes that, you know, we don't take the time to question things. You know, we don't take the time to check in with how we feel about stuff. We're very often influenced by those around us. How important do you think it is to be present and be aware of your surroundings? So you are noticing that the woodpecker is coming 
three times at these specific times, you know? And how do you kind of come into the moment? Do you do meditation? Do you, you ground on, you know, use maybe using plants or herbs? What are sort of your ways of, of coming to the moment so that you're able to notice all these wondrous things? And then as well, you know, I guess, explore that curiosity you were mentioning. Yeah, it's different for me because just living in such a remote place, you really have to be aware sort of at all times. I guess when I'm at home, it's not so much of an issue, but you know, if I'm outside or hiking alone in the woods with my dog, you really have to be aware of your settings, especially as a woman alone, um, just knowing if there are any other humans out in the wilderness with you. Animals really aren't a huge concern with me, but it definitely is important to know where my dog is at all times because of animals. And then also uh, just being aware of the weather is a huge concern because it's so easy for a nice hike to turn into something completely different in the wilderness. I guess I can give just one example. This was a recent one, actually. I was out hiking in the middle of nowhere, of course, with my dog and um I realized I didn't have my phone on me and my phone not only allows me to communicate with people, but it also is the key to my car. So I was just out on this nice hike and then I was instantly locked out of my car and wasn't able to call anybody for help. And so that was not, not a good situation at all. And I looked around for my phone everywhere. I could not find it. I have no idea what happened, but anyways, so yeah, that was just a big example of how being aware can be really the difference between, um, you know, I wouldn't say dying. I made it out alive. Somebody actually was driving along the road. I was prepared to walk for a long time, but she stopped and picked me up. And luckily she was a very kind lady, all of those things. But it can really mean the difference between surviving and not surviving or just having a really bad day and losing a you know $500 phone or whatever those sort of things. So being aware when you're in the wilderness is um, something that has sort of come out of necessity for me. And by doing that sort of out of necessity, it's also made me more aware of all of the other wonderful things that are going on, you know, like the swaying of the pine trees and the calling of the birds. Like there's just so many other things that start to come to you when you are more aware. And so in my case, it was sort of more of a forced awareness, but even when I'm at home now, it's also, you know, possible to be connected in that way, especially in the garden. I feel like a garden really brings you into sort of awareness of everything that's going on around you. You know, there's so much life in a garden, you know, from if you just look through the wood chips, there's, you know, a whole colony of ants or worms going on there. There's uh, bees and butterflies and hummingbirds and the flowers above you there's hawks or crows or whoever flying above you so there's you know all of these things have sort of come to me through the land so I really don't think that you can be sort of come into this awareness come into this present moment without nature without the land without earth because there are so many of these tiny little cycles that are going on at all times and so just learning to really sit and slow down and pay attention to that. And whether it be either if you're out in the wilderness and being out in the wilderness is wonderful. I don't want to make it sound like it's a scary place to be or anything like that. I think, you know, I'm out there all the time, but being aware is very important for that. And it can translate into your more 
homely sort of duties too. So yeah, it's a really sort of great connection that you can form. And that's one thing too that I've sort of learned about nature is that it's just this beautiful dichotomy of, or contrasting sort of energies of, you know, just good things, but also kind of scary things at the same time. But that's what makes you feel alive, right? Is feeling, you know, excited and happy and enchanted, but at the same time, sort of tap into that deep primal sort of instinctual survival mode. So yeah, it's, I love both of those things and you need, I think both of those things to be as present as you can in the world. This episode has been brought to you by the Afterlight Institute. Ignite the light, magic, and miracles within. Yeah, that's beautiful. And it's also, you know, it sounds to me like you're talking about your senses are heightened as well when you are aware of these things. And I think that no matter where you live, I mean, you, you're right now experiencing a nice storm. I'm in Australia. I opened my door the other day and a snake fell from the rafters onto the ground, literally a meter in front of me. Yeah. And then also I grew up in bear country, right? I grew up in the Yukon in Canada, Northern Canada, two hours out of Alaska. So I'm, you know, I totally understand where you're at. And on the same note, anybody who's even growing up in more, you know, urban settings, they would also have to be aware for all of these other reasons as well. So I love that, you know, you're kind of talking about using your environment to help you to be present and to, you know, sort of pay attention to your senses in, in relation to that. Now, I want to talk to you, let's flip the script a little bit and let's head back into the world of plants and, and medicine. One of the things that you do aim to do is you bridge the practical and the magical healing medicine of plants. So let's talk a little bit about what you mean by that. Yeah. So first and foremost, I don't think that taking medicine should feel like taking medicine, especially uh, when it comes to plants, because you want this connection to the plants to be joyful to be sort of fulfilling and this embodiment of the plant itself. And so I don't know if you've ever taken tinctures before, but some tinctures can be sort of hard to take because they're very either bitter or acrid or the alcohol's too strong. And so it's really my goal to sort of balance, you know, first and foremost, the sort of uh, flavor of the overall blend, which is making it, adding a little sweetness, adding in a little aromatics here and there. And of course, with plants that complement the overall sort of intention of the blend as well. So really my main goal, I mean, I guess not my main goal, I want the, <laughs> the tincture to work, but also it's very important to me that, you know, medicine tastes good because when something tastes good, then you can really sort of connect with that plant, connect with the medicine. And obviously too, if it's really unpleasant to take, you're probably not going to stick with that routine either. You know, plant medicine isn't a one and done sort of thing. It's more of a, it's a ritual. It's something you have to do over and over again. And so making sure that you're enjoying this medicine is so important. And then on top of that, I think it's really important to also include sort of the energetic properties of plants, which is really important to me as sort of an intuitive healer. And, you know, plants have sort of this, these physical healing attributes, but then at the same time, they have their own sort of, I guess, consciousnesses, personalities, 
their own affinities for certain sort of people. And so just learning all of those little sort of non-physical medicinal attributes of plants is, you know, key to making the right medicine too. So I guess all in all, my main goal in sort of bridging the magical with the practical is making sure the blend is effective, making sure it tastes good and is enjoyable to take, and also incorporating sort of the spirit of plants too into that blend. So it's sort of, it's sort of like a trifecta of plant medicine. At least that's how I go about it. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And, you know, even when you're talking, it's making me feel as though if you were taking a medicine that kind of felt soothing or, or healing, that you might even be more responsive to it. Because, yeah, when you're taking something that, you know, tastes bad, it's almost as though you actually can create some kind of a physical no to it, right? Like a physical barrier yeah. because you're, you're like, I'm ingesting something that just doesn't seem like it's in sync with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You, you want, you know, to open up to the plant medicine. You don't want to shut down. So if you're already dreading taking this medicine, not only are you, are you going to not stick with it, but you're also going to be shutting yourself out from actually connecting to the plant on a deeper level. And that connection is what I believe is what does the true healing personally. And I'm sure everybody has their own opinions, but I think connecting to the plant in that way is a way of connecting to nature, connecting to the land, connecting to your own spirit too. And so, yeah, making sure that you're actually looking forward to taking this medicine is so important. And it's difficult too, because there are a lot of plants out there that are sort of not very pleasant to take. They're bitter and I actually specialize in bitters. So it's been sort of a really big challenge for me to, and a really interesting and exciting challenge for me to learn how to make these bitter plants something that's enjoyable to take, where actually experiencing that bitter sort of flavor that's um, sort of been around for millions of years and enjoyable experience. So yeah, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. When did you first realize the power of plants? Like, did you, were you given a tincture? Did you, when you chewed on that bark for the first time, did you have a connection? Did you have some kind of a, a medical condition or an ailment? And then a, you used a plant to help treat you. Was there even a significant story or is it a, just a culmination of all your experiences? Yeah. I mean, there was definitely a few things. It wasn't immediate, but there were, looking back, there were a few big sort of mile markers for me. The first was, as you mentioned, having a sort of medical condition. I had sort of chronic heartburn, acid reflux, digestive issues, and I was sort of passed from one conventional doctor to another. And this was happening at a very transitional time in my life too. Like I was just moving out of my hometown away from sort of that traditional mindset. I lived out in Colorado in Denver and around Boulder for a few years. And so I had just moved out there and it's being exposed to all of these different sort of, you know, ways of life. And so I was having all of these sort of physical manifestations of just, I don't know, looking back at it, feeling like all of these stuck feelings for so long. And they were just sort of coming to the surface in this transitional period of my life. But anyways, uh, con conventional doctors, yeah, they had nothing to offer me. They did you know, the scope down into the stomach, they couldn't find anything. And so their best advice to me was to take Tums and Tums, first of all, didn't work for me. And so it was not helpful at all, you know, thousands of dollars later. 
So my coworker actually suggested I go see a naturopathic doctor and that changed my life, not only because of, uh, you know, the plants and all of that, but he actually sat down with me for 90 minutes for my first sort of visit. And it felt like for the first time, someone actually saw me, like saw me like for my physical ailment, what was going on and believed me and like actually wanted to help. So that was the first thing. And then he gave me just uh, a bunch of advice, different stuff I had to do. And then he gave me an uva ursi tincture and a garlic tincture, which was very potent. I don't know if you've ever taken a garlic tincture before, but yes, no. they do make them. And it is just as potent as you would imagine, but garlic is a very strong antimicrobial. And, um, you know, it actually is one of the most potent sort of natural quote unquote antibiotics out there. And so that was really crucial in definitely healing the gut and not just putting a bandaid over it. And so realizing that there was this whole sort of aspect to healing, to uh, just this thriving way of life that didn't have to do with taking pills or um, doing anything like that. And I don't know about you, but just going into sort of that conventional doctor's office always made me close up. Like we were talking about with the medicine that's what happened to me. Like whenever I would go into like a regular doctor's office, I just sort of closed up and it was just a very sort of negative experience for me, but going to see this naturopathic doctor and working with these plants was enlightening for me. And so that was when I knew I had to do it for the rest of my life. And that was, you know, there was a few other things along the way, but that was really the first thing that exposed me to plant medicine. Do you think that, you know, we kind of live in a world where pharmaceuticals, you know, and obviously we're in COVID times as well, which is a whole other conversation we will not be going into today, but, uh, you know, we do live in a world of pharmaceuticals. We do live in a world where we're really kind of encouraged to look at almost treat a lot of the symptoms and not necessarily treating the cause. And I guess my question to you is, do you believe that we can use plants to heal anything? Or is it important that we're also marrying maybe current medical practices as well with some of the traditional or some of the natural um, offerings that we have available to us? I definitely think that, you know, the that many people have different opinions, especially in the herbal world. But personally, I think that we need to have uh, sort of this tandem sort of approach to healing. Because again, if we're shutting out, you know, another branch of healing of, you know, science and all of that, then that's just as bad as conventional medicine shutting out you know, herbal medicine. Like the most holistic approach you can do is to include you know, the scientific evidence that's out there right now, along with, you know, the more traditional routes. And I guess for me, I've just always been really interested in all sorts of different paths. So it's easy for me to sort of look at different practices and see how they work in my life. And, you know, there are certain situations where, you know, if you're in a very dire emergency situation, you need to go to the hospital. Like it's, it, you have to do it. You know, if you have to have surgery, like you have to go to the hospital, but then there's a lot of more sort of chronic issues, chronic situations where, you know, you're just being prescribed pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical drugs and whatnot that, you know, and it's not, you know, benefiting you in an either way. It's just sort of being that band-aid. Then we can look to plants too, and see how maybe we could replace those. Um, so I think it's, 
like you kind of mentioned, we really need to look at both and see, just keep an open mind, sort of take a step back and sort of get out of that ego mindset of everything has to be natural. Everything has to be this way, or, mm. you know, I'm not being true to myself or whatever it is. I think just taking a step back and listening to, you know, all of those different perspectives is important. And a lot of times, you know, I won't agree with conventional doctors, but I still respect their advice, respect their knowledge and their experience. And, you know, definitely just in that digestive situation, because I had went through it for like a year, I was done with it. Like I was done with it in that situation. But if there are anything, any things that have come up, you know, now in my life that I can't figure out for myself, I'll go to my doctor. Like there's, you know, I think there's sort of a, an approach where we can do both. Yeah. And I guess it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show, which is being curious and asking those questions and paying attention to your own feelings and maybe even doing some of the research. So I was wondering, you did mention garlic. And when you were talking about the garlic tincture, you made me think of, um, because I take oregano oil, which I absolutely love, but I realized that when you take the capsules, it's a lot better than taking the actual stuff by itself. That is intense as hell. And anyone who knows, knows what I'm talking about. What are some of your favorite plants to work with and why? Oh gosh. Well, there are so many I could say I have, I can't even, I mean, can't even pick a favorite, but right now, uh, since we're sort of in winter going into the spring season, I love burdock. Burdock is one of my absolute favorite plants to work with on a regular basis, especially as an overnight infusion, because firstly, burdock is sort of this root chakra plant, like it's very grounding and a person that can live in my head a lot. So working with burdock really brings me back into my body, back into my sort of manifesting energy. So instead of sort of, you know, jotting down all these ideas all the time and, you know, being sort of Uh, sort of the cyclical thinker, burdock really helps to break up that sort of energy and get me to actually, you know, do things in, you know, that I need to be getting done and focus and all of those wonderful things. And part of its medicine is that it's an alternative and it it really helps to sort of balance the body on all levels, not just the, the root chakra as well. And so it's kind of considered a natural energizer, which might be why it has sort of that energetic effect on me. But yeah, I love burdock for so many reasons. It's also wonderful for the gut. It has a lot of polysaccharides, which which help to feed gut flora, which is super important for anybody who's had chronic digestive issues and wants to make sure things sort of stay balanced and all of those wonderful things. So I love burdock. And another one I really love is chamomile. And as basic as it might sound, chamomile is just like not only is it an ancestral plant for me, I'm Polish. So uh, chamomile was very important in sort of that Polish traditional herbal realm. And so just growing chamomile and working with chamomile is like, whenever I take it, my body's like, oh, I, I remember you. Like it's instantly just this calming, gentle herb. And so not only is it wonderful for the digestion, but it's so great for the nervous system too. It's like Uh, Matthew Wood, who's a wonderful herbalist, once said that chamomile is uh, wonderful for babies of all ages too, which is, I found hilarious that he said that. So even adults who are sort of whiny or (laughs) 
um, <laughs> you know, have that sort of tendency. Chamomile is great for them. And so whenever I'm getting in that sort of mindset, like chamomile is just so calming and so soothing as well. And so, yeah, just whenever I'm having minor digestive upsets or just need to wind down at the end of the night, like chamomile tea is what I drink every night after dinner. And so, yeah, those are two, two wonderful herbs that I use pretty much all the time. I take bush flower and Bach flower remedies on a pretty regular basis. So how do you recommend that people do ingest some of these plants? Like you mentioned chamomile and tea is the first thing that came to mind. So, and you mentioned that you take, you know, you have chamomile tea at the end of every day, but you know, are there kind of better ways of ingesting plants than other ways? Like is tea really, is tea better than a tincture or can you just eat it raw or, you know, does it just depend? Yeah, that's the great thing about herbal medicine too, is it's so versatile. You can really use it, you know, for whatever way that most suits your needs. So like if there's more bitter herbs or a more potent aromatic herb that isn't great in tea, you can take it in tincture form. Um, water is wonderful for extracting mineral minerals and sort of those polysaccharides that I was mentioning. So any plants that are rich in those sort of more nutritive sort of qualities are best extracted as a tea, an infusion, a de decoction. Vinegar is also great for extracting minerals too. Alcohol though is wonderful for extracting sort of those bitter compounds. So if you want those really potent sort of bitter digestive stimulating effects, a tincture is really the best way to go for that. And then like you mentioned, flower essences are so wonderful. You know, they really get to that, those sort of deeper levels of being that physical plant medicine can't get to. So in that way, you know, it's great for that. And food medicine, like you mentioned too, is so wonderful. You know, back in the day in our sort of traditional ancestral roots, like food and medicine were basically the same thing. You know, in Poland, they would use rhubarb, they would eat rhubarb in their meals, but then they would have this sort of herbal rhubarb concoction after dinner to sort of stimulate digestion. So making sure you're eating your herbs as well as taking your herbs for medicine and even like kitchen herbs like rosemary, cilantro, parsley, they're all medicinal too. And so yeah, food and medicine are, are I think the same thing. So there are just so many different ways that you can take plant medicine. It's really, it's really exciting. It is so exciting. And I will say as well to our listener at home that if you haven't already checked out Val's Instagram, it is absolutely amazing. So you do want to go and check <laughs> out. She puts so much beautiful content or images or just next level as well. So just before we wrap up here, I will give you an opportunity to let people know how they can connect with you and find out more because really we are just sort of scratching the surface here. We do have a few minutes left though. So I would like to kind of briefly touch on the elements if we can, just in terms of whether or not you feel that the elements are important in the work that you do. I mean, you did mention that you have a lot of water in your sign. You did mention tea. So there's water in that. Um, I guess when I think about a lot of the work you do, you're working a lot with earth. How important is it to incorporate some of the other elements in the work that you do, or does it matter? Yeah, I mean, there's just so many aspects that go into herbal medicine and just healing in general. And elements can just be a part of that sort of 
when you're trying to figure out what sort of formula to make if you want more of a watery influence or if you're so, sort of have those, I guess for me, for an example, because I am a water sign, I already have these sort of water tendencies. I kind of have slow, stagnant digestion and constitution. I get cold easily. And so adding sort of those fire element plants into my daily routine is so important. That's why I love burdock, not necessarily because it's warming, but I consider it sort of this fire stoking sort of herb and using other really spicy aromatics like cayenne or elecampane or angelica are wonderful sort of fire element plants that can help sort of break up that slow sluggish uh, sort of stagnation in the body at least for me and then other people who might run hot they might want to work with sort of water element plants that are cooling and moistening like peppermint or plantain mullen so yeah just knowing your own body and knowing what sort of element you sort of tend to lean towards and you know just looking at your own sort of sun sign moon sign rising sign can give you a hint to that but just knowing your own body will give you a great idea about what other plants to work with and what sort of sort of elemental properties they should have. I love that. And I'm, I'm a cold person too. And while you were talking, I'm like, I should really eat more spice because you're making yeah. me think about, yeah. I'm like, why don't I, I do eat spice, but not, it's not a part of like every meal, I guess. But when you're naturally a cold person, that would be a no brainer, wouldn't it? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, and not even just in food, but in, you know, in your teas at night, or if you take uh, oxymels or tinctures or anything like that, just including some of those more aromatic herbs can be really wonderful for sort of that cold constitution. Oh, beautiful. All right. Well, my sister, we are out of time. So um, I would love to just throw it out there that if you want to come back on the show, we can talk about, you know, ritual, maybe we can talk about the moon, maybe we can talk about, you know, more plant medicine. So just, you are always invited back anytime you'd like to come. I'd love to know if there's anything you felt called to speak on today that we didn't get to, and also how people can find out more about you, because I'm under the impression that you actually create products that people can also purchase. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for having me. First of all, this has been so lovely. Like I said, we're in the middle of an ice storm. So just being, you know, cozy here has been really wonderful, but yeah, I think right now, as far as just a message to leave people with is, you know, everyone's so alone right now, I feel like, especially after the pandemic and all of those things. And so I got this message just from the land, from, you know, the plants, the earth last summer that they miss having people work with them. Like we have all of these wonderful elderberry bushes that are blooming and fruiting and nobody's harvesting their medicine. And of course, it's really important to make sure you harvest sustainably and all of those wonderful things, but the plants want to connect with us again. Like that's what we were meant to do. We co-evolved with plants, we co-evolved with the earth. So just remembering that we are a part of something bigger than ourselves is huge. And so, yeah, just lead, let your curiosity sort of guide you. Just think about what plants call to you, whether they're medicinal or not. Plants can be uh, just wonderful for their aesthetic, for their aroma. Aromatherapy is real too. And so really whatever plants call to you, just see where that relationship leads you. 
but yeah, I guess, you know, I could go on and on about that sort of thing forever, I love it. I love but it so if much. you want to, you know, yeah, yeah, I know. I just, uh, I can't get enough. I'm sure some people are like, this girl is so woo woo, but at the same time, I truly believe that there's, you know, different layers to sort of this physical universe that we're in that we can really tap into. It's literally right under the surface. And we, if we just sort of let that curiosity guide us. But yeah, if you want to uh, connect or check out my business, which is Woodspell Apothecary, my website is woodspells with an S at the end.com. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook under Woodspell Apothecary. Uh, I do have a, a podcast that I just released called Healer's Moon Podcast. And it's not on you know, any of the big platforms yet. I'm just doing it on YouTube now because I just had to get it out there. But yeah, that's going to be growing. So I'm really excited about that. But yeah, other than that, you can find actual physical products in my, my web shop, which is online. Bitters, like I kind of talked about, are all on there. I have some salves, some teas. So yeah, I'll, I'll just a lot of great plant medicine. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much, Val. I've loved speaking with you today. Yeah, thank you. Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcasts and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.